Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hernameis. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash hernameis. Just making art is amazing. It's fun and fulfilling and it expresses yourself. It feels very genuine and honest. Uh, And I mean, you have total creative control of what you're making. It's really different. As much as I liked working on film sets, there is something missing when you're fulfilling someone else's vision. Even if it's something you really like, it's you know, much, much better to be at the helm of your creative projects and get to decide exactly where it goes. It's a lot more easy to be uh, excited about something that's personal. My name is Jen Woodall and I'm an illustrator, comics creator and designer from Toronto. My name is Emily Milling. And I'm Jenny Tang. And this is Her Name Is, a podcast about creative women you should know. We've combed the city of Toronto to find some of the most talented and inspiring women working in creative industries. Every other week, we will tell you one of their stories. We want to share their experiences with other amazing women that are looking for inspiration to do the same. This week, Jen Woodall talks to us about her Sailor Moon obsession, how Twin Peaks magazine changed her career path, and what was going through her mind when she was contemplating a second round of university. Jen grew up in Brampton, Ontario, with parents who were very supportive of her artistic inclinations. She attended community art classes and was enrolled in a specialty arts high school. When I was in high school, I decided that I wanted to be a fashion designer. So that was what I wanted to be when I was a teenager. I took sewing classes at my high school and learned how to make my own clothes, so I have a lot of really horrible things I made myself. Um, And I just really liked to design outfits for, you know, this imaginary store that I would run in the future and for my fantasy runway shows. And uh, then I eventually applied to fashion design school. There were a pair of pants that I made in my sewing class in high school that were really, really high-waisted and enormously big. Remember when everyone wore those pants that were really baggy? And the material that was made out of was fluorescent pink plaid. And I wore them a lot. And I had matching pink hair that I wore in two Sailor Moon buns. So it was, I was a spectacle. <laughs> Jen went to Ryerson University for her Bachelor of Design in Fashion Design, but quickly learned it wasn't for her. I feel like with many other people, you kind of go to college and you have an idea of what a career is like. And then when you kind of learn about the actual logistics of the career, it doesn't really match this fantasy you have in your head. It can be a bit disappointing. So I didn't really enjoy going to school for fashion design. I felt it was too restrictive. There wasn't as much creative freedom as I would have liked. Yeah, it was all right. I liked the last year of my program the most because we got to design our own collection. And at that point, the professors were really just there to kind of guide you, but it was really your vision, and you didn't really have to listen to anyone. If they said, you know, don't do this, you could just do it anyways. So that was definitely the best year, but overall it was a very 
stressful, trying experience. And it definitely solidified that I do not want to be a fashion designer. So I stopped pursuing that goal. An internship with a cartoonist who ended up becoming her mentor also helped Jen come to that conclusion. When I went to Ryerson for fashion design, uh, part of the program is that you have to do internship hours. So you have to do 400 hours of interning to graduate. And when I was at Ryerson, I was thinking about, you know, I want to start moving away from fashion and I want to focus maybe on like fashion illustration or just general illustration. So I found a female cartoonist in the city to intern with whose name is Willow Dawson and I got it approved by the school. So I interned with her for a whole summer, helping her work on her next graphic novel. So scanning pages, cleaning up the inks, putting the pages into the template, um, helping her prepare for convention appearances and the like. And she was really amazing. She was really, really encouraging for me to keep drawing, to get my art scene, to start doing comics. And, you know, she listened to my problems, obviously, and was very understanding. She was uh, about 10 years older than I was, so she had a lot of insight into what the future would be like. Because when you're 21 and you hate school and you're sad, you feel like it's the end of the world. And then having someone who has been through that and is successful saying, it's okay, just, you know, you have to keep trying. It really gave me a lot of comfort that... You know, the world wasn't going to implode. While reality didn't quite match up with what she had in mind when she decided to attend fashion school, it did lead her to costume design. I did my fourth year collection at Ryerson focused on a costume collection because I decided I wanted to shift gears and I figured costume would allow for more creativity and I could still use a lot of the same skills that I developed in university. So when I graduated, I started doing film work for free, just interning like on film sets, commercials, things like that. And uh, then I eventually started getting paid work to do it. So I do like working in film. It's super stressful and it takes up a lot of your time. And sometimes you work on productions that you're not very passionate about. But overall, I, I did like it. It's the best when you're working on something that you actually are really into. Like for me, I got to work on a sci-fi short and that was one of the best things I ever worked on because the costumes were really fun to design, they were great to build, and then being on set and dressing the actor and seeing the actual scenes being made was really great and fulfilling. The biggest challenge is probably the hours. You can be on set, sometimes you'll have a short day that's just 13 hours, but sometimes it'll you know stretch into a... 20, 22 hour day. Uh, you don't have a lot of time when you're working on something full time to like, you can't really see your friends as much. You generally don't spend your weekend seeing people. You're just kind of recharging and prepping for the next week. Um, but on the bright side, working with people in such an intense environment really forges good friendships and some very powerful alliances because who better to understand how crazy your work life is than someone else who has to do it as well. It feels really great when the project is going well and especially when the project is done. It's very hard to sometimes think about the end goal when you're in the midst of 
you know, dressing a difficult actor and you've been awake for 48 hours straight. So it's always really great to see the end product, to see something that you worked so hard on look good on screen, especially when the film is good as well, when everyone is happy with the work that they put into the project. Somehow, while working grueling hours in an intense environment, Jen found a pocket of time to contribute art to a zine. A zine, which is short for fanzine or magazine, is usually self-published and focuses on something that the writer, artist, or creator is passionate about. The zine Jen approached was Damn Fine Coffee, a Twin Peaks-inspired publication that was curated by Andrea Kelfas of Baltimore. The whole process of being part of Damn Fine Coffee, which consisted of pitching her idea to Andrea, getting accepted as a contributor, creating the art, and seeing it published was a very pivotal moment for Jen. I was always really conflicted between making time to make art and also being able to have a career as a film person. And then I think at one point I just decided that I couldn't do both because there's 24 hours in a day and they both demand all of your time and all of your commitment. And I just decided that making art was more fulfilling and ultimately what I really liked about the designing process because fashion design, costume design, the thing I liked about both of them was designing. The building I like, but not nearly as much as illustrating the concept. So I decided that since that's what I really like, I should just move fully into that realm. I think it was, I just was always so depressed when I was working on a film set. At first I really enjoyed it, but as the years went by and I just noticed I'm not making new art for my portfolio, I'm falling behind in terms of what other people are doing. I have no time to commit myself to do projects. I just realized that I'm not happy in this career. I, I am happy, but I could be a thousand times happier. And then when I started doing more art on the side, I realized this really makes me happy. I should definitely be focusing on this instead. And once I kind of sat down and realized, you know, the similarities between these two careers, what you really like is the drawing and the creation aspect of it, you know, it just made a lot more sense that you're unhappy because you're not doing the thing that you like best. And if you were, then this wouldn't be a problem. After Damn Fine Coffee, Jen didn't waste any time on starting her first self-published zine called Moon Power, which was inspired by her love for Sailor Moon, a Japanese anime television series from the early 90s. The Twin Peaks zine definitely inspired me to do my own zine project because I just thought it was such a great idea, like, oh, everyone just doing art of this thing they really love and then collecting it into a little book. It's such a fun project. I went into it not knowing really anything about it, so it was a very steep learning curve. Um, I just approached artists that I knew and I asked them to recommend other people that they thought would be into the project and I got a lot of people interested in it because I didn't realize at the time I always thought I was kind of alone in my like creepy Sailor Moon obsession but apparently I'm not so I had a lot of people really excited and they wanted to come on board I had a lot of illustrators who I didn't even know email me out of the blue and say I heard you're doing this and I want to be a part of it so that was really great as well. And the book ended up, I think, being over, I think it was 72 pages in the end. So it was really intense. It's a very intense Sailor Moon zine. 
Taking on a project of that magnitude without any experience in self-publishing made for a challenging but a valuable learning experience for Jen. I did do a crowdfunding campaign for the Moon Power Zine, but it got shut down due to copyright issues. So this, again, is I was you know, young and didn't really understand how things worked and a little bit naive. So, but in the end, I'm really glad that the crowdfunding campaign got stopped because it was really out of control, even from the get go. So if it ended, I feel like it would have put me in a lot of, it would just be such a enormous campaign to manage. So I'm very glad it just kind of like halted where it was. And then I just published the zine in my own, uh, using my own funds. We reached our goal within the first 24 hours, and then by, because if I'm thinking back, I think I launched it on a Saturday, and I think by Monday morning we had doubled our goal, so we were, we had raised $10,000, so yeah, and then it got shut down, which, you know, in retrospect, thank God, because yeah, it would have gotten really, really out of control at that point. I think because there's lots and lots of people that like Sailor Moon and I feel like the timing was really good as well because I think that they the previous summer they had made plans that they were going to remake the series so there's the new animated series that um, I think the second season just wrapped up so it's very fresh in everyone's mind and everyone loves nostalgia and everyone loves fan art so I think it was just a really great cross-section of lots of things that were popular at the moment while Jen was pleased with how Moon Power turned out, she wished she had taken the opportunity to step back and visualize it from a broader perspective. I would not have, I mean, all the art for the book is beautiful, but I definitely should have not made it as many pages because it was a very, it was a challenge to print the book because it was so big, it had to be in color. It was very, very expensive to print, especially since I financed it. Uh, I didn't really understand how book layouts work at the time. So if you look at Moon Power compared to something very recent, you can see a real, there's a real difference in what I've learned about laying out a book. Yeah, just a lot of logistical stuff that I would go back and revisit. I did curate it. I mean, I reached out to a lot of people and anyone that said yes, they were obviously in. And a lot of people reached out to be in the book. And for the most part, I said yes, because I think I was just really excited about the project. And I didn't really think about how many pages it was going to be, which was, you know, a chalk it up to being really naive and not understanding money <laughs> or the thickness of the book and how it's going to sit. So mm -hmm. it was curated, but I was pretty, you know, if someone wanted to be in the book, I was like, sure, give me art. <laughs> the more the merrier. For you, the listeners of Her Name is Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash hernameis. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hernameis for your free audiobook. In 2013, Jen exhibited at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival, or TCAF, for the first time with Moon Power, and really took in the positive responses she received. 
people were really excited about the moon power zine because obviously tons of people that go to TCAF are also Sailor Moon fans. They grew up with it. Uh, people were really encouraging and really nice. And, you know, I met a lot of contributors for the book that, you know, I knew on the internet but didn't know in person, made connections. And it's just a really positive experience because everyone is so excited about self-publishing and comics and the zine scene. After Moon Power, Jen went on to do illustration work for shows and projects, to create her first comic series, Magical Beatdown, and to organize Fight, Volume 1, and an epic Kickstarter campaign to fund it. I started organizing Fight in, I believe, the summer of 2014. I wanted to do another zine project like Sailor Moon, but I obviously wanted to avoid a copy or um, a property because I wanted to avoid the struggles that came with that. And I just thought it would be more fun to do something where people have a lot more originality. And I've always really loved fighting games. I grew up playing Street Fighter and Darkstalkers. And I thought, you know, those characters in the games are so great and they're so iconic. It would be really fun to have a zine where people have these parameters, but they do their own take on a character because then people are going to bring their own interests into it. There's going to be more variety of body types and the type of people that are represented. And that was, you know, the idea just kind of came to me all of a sudden. So it's hard to explain. Fight is a zine where I invite illustrators and artists to create their own original female fighting game character. So a character in the vein of like Chun-Li, Morgan, characters like that from franchises. And the layout of the book is that each of the illustrators gets a direction that they need to draw their character facing. So each of the spreads of the book look like a versus match in an old video game. I think the goal to my memory was I was trying to raise $9,000. And this was to print the book, obviously, for contributors, backers, and then to sell at conventions. And uh, I was also paying all of the artists either um, an honorarium or I was going to give them a number of books that they could sell at, you know, whatever price they thought was fair to equal the same amount as the honorarium. Uh, I was really surprised because I actually was terrified that we wouldn't reach the goal even within a month. I was very... Uh, worried because I thought the goal was so high. I didn't really think people would be super interested. So I was really excited and overjoyed and relieved when that happened. <laughs> I think in the end we raised close to $20,000. Yeah, so all of the money that we raised over the goal, I just divided up again amongst all the artists. Towards the end of 2014, Jen applied and was accepted to OCAD University for illustration. I have a lot of friends who went to art school, and I don't necessarily think that going to art school makes you a great artist, but I really wanted to give myself a couple of years to not do film work anymore and just focus heavily on doing art. And I figured instead of saving up a nest egg to stay at home for a couple of years and just focus on it exclusively, I liked the idea of going back to school and having structure and assignments. Plus, I would learn things that, you know, I didn't know that would be very difficult to learn by myself. 
I think before I went back to school, I ran that question by a few different people, and there was obviously a variety of answers. But I remember talking to my partner and Willow, who I mentioned before that I interned with, and I have another illustrator friend named John Lang, and they were all very encouraging about going back to school because they said, you know, you'll just, by virtue of doing art every single day, you will get better. You will be a much more competent artist when you finish your program. And I was very, very worried about going back to school. I wasn't sure if it was a good decision, but I'm really glad that I followed their advice and I did it because even looking at the art I made at the very beginning of my schooling to now, there's a huge difference that I can see in technical skill, in just everything. It's so much better. So it was obviously very, very good advice, and I'm very glad I followed it. There's another illustrator I really look up to named uh, Yuko Shimizu, and she went back to art school when she was 30, I believe, after being in, I think it was PR for about 10 years, and she just decided, I'm going back to school, I'm going to be an illustrator, and now she's a super famous, successful illustrator. So that definitely was a big inspiration for me because I'm 30 now, I'm in my third year, going back for my second degree, so seeing someone like that makes me, you know, makes me hopeful that this isn't a horrible mistake I'm making. The process of figuring out what you want to do with your life is never an easy task, and sometimes you have to make tough decisions. When I went to Ryerson, I was unfortunately expelled while I was in the program. I had a really difficult year uh, where I was having constant panic attacks and constant anxiety episodes and couldn't get out of bed, couldn't get my work done. So that made me feel really terrible because I was a keener in high school and, you know, going to university, it's so difficult. There's so many more distractions. You're an adult and you want to have fun and you get freedom for the first time. And then, you know, adding into that, being diagnosed as someone with mental health issues makes it really difficult. So that really was like a baseball bat to the old self-esteem but I got back into the program and I graduated. And I think film as well was a really big hurdle, trying to reconcile how you can do art and film at the same time. And then eventually kind of coming to the realization that, you know, maybe you have to just pick one and maybe you just have to focus on which one makes you happier and just make peace that you may not be able to do everything you wanna do but making the best decision for you is probably the wisest. That might be a bit of a depressing personal philosophy because I'm the type of person that wants to believe like, yes, you can do everything. You can be a costume designer and an illustrator and a comic maker and you can publish things. But yeah, I think you just have to focus on what makes you happiest and sometimes you do have to let go of other goals. But you know, if it's not something that you're super passionate about, then it may not be, you know, that much of a loss. For Jen, taking part at TCAF really helped her to hone in on what she loved doing. When I exhibited at TCAF for the first time, that was definitely an aha moment because it was the very first thing I ever tabled at. I'd never done it before, and I was super nervous. But, um, you know, being there and having people react positively to the work I was doing definitely made me decide, okay, I definitely want to keep self-publishing. I definitely want to keep making comics. I mean, 
tabling at events, one of the best things about it is just meeting other people in the industry, making friends, and then you collaborate on things, or you contribute art to different places. Um, it's really positive as well because you get immediate feedback. It's really nice to be sitting at a table and someone comes up and they're like, I heard about this book, I'm so excited I found it, or I bought your last book and I really loved it. So it's kind of, it's really good because it's positive reinforcement that you're doing something that people are enjoying. And sometimes when you're in the thick of working on a comic project, you're like, I don't know if this is good. Maybe this was a terrible idea. Maybe I should just quit. No one will ever buy this. So getting those reactions makes it really worthwhile. On top of all of her comic book projects, illustrations, fundraisers, and events, Jen also deals with anxiety, which can sometimes cripple creativity. But she's found a way to channel it into her art. So a couple of years ago, me and my collective did a book of comics for TCAF, and I did my comic about anxiety, and a lot of people really liked it, and it resonated with them, so I decided... I'm going to take this comic and I'm going to expand on it and I'm going to put it in a small self-published comic that's going to focus on what it's like to have constant anxiety and negative thinking that makes it hard to do everyday things like seeing your friends, getting out of bed, um, you know, just normal everyday activities. So the comic is about Marie and my middle name is Marie. So it's semi-autobiographical, semi but more just like She's a stand-in for kind of a person that just suffers from generalized anxiety. And she has a little bean slime glob little thing, don't really know what he is, that sits on her shoulder and constantly tells her that she's terrible and people don't like you, you should give up on your dreams, you should not get out of bed, etc., which is supposed to be obviously a very literal representation of anxiety. I've had anxiety for a very long time now. It makes it really hard to get out of bed sometimes. It makes it hard to want to finish projects. It makes it hard to feel confident about what you're doing is good or worthwhile. So I wanted to make the comic because it was good for me to make it. And I wanted to make it for someone. I basically wanted to make it for younger me because younger me didn't know how to cope with my anxiety, and I felt very bad about it all the time. So I really wanted to make a comic saying, it's okay that you have anxiety, you'll get through it, it really sucks. <laughs> a lot of the times you just have to push through it. It sounds shitty to say, but unfortunately, sometimes you just have to tell it to shut up and just go on with your day and try your best. It's very easy to think I'm the only person in the world who thinks like this and I've read lots of comics by other people talking about mental illness or relationship problems and seeing someone else deal with it. You're like, I'm not a weird freak. <laughs> other people think the same things and look how amazing they are. So obviously I can be amazing too. It's okay to change your mind. The worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out. But the best thing that can happen is that you made the right decision. I'm in a pretty good place right now. I mean, going back to school has really 
challenging but super rewarding and making comics, self-publishing things. Um, I'm organizing Fight Round 2 right now. Um, it's hard for me. I'm a generally, I'm very, I'm generally a very negative person and I kind of downplay everything that I've accomplished. But even I can recognize that like things are going pretty good and I worked hard, so I deserve it. But I think it's hard for a lot of creative people to feel, you know, it's not, I feel like being creative, or maybe this is just for all people in general, even if you're happy with where you are, you're never thinking about where you are, you're thinking about where you want to be. So, you know, where I'm at is good, but I'm always looking into the future saying, okay, what's next? What can I do then? So, and I don't know, when I get to that next step, I'm sure I'm going to feel the exact same way. <laughs> You can support Her Name Is by following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. That will help us find more listeners like you. And if you like the show, tell a friend and sign up for our newsletter at hernameispodcast.com. Sponsorship and partnership opportunities are available. If you're interested, send us an email at info at hernameispodcast.com. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. Special thanks to everyone that supported us so far in creating this podcast, including Ben Donnelly, Justin DeClue, Cindy Milling, Iris Milling, Seng Tang, and our furry friends, George Michael, Milos, and Godzilla. If you are or know of a woman in the creative industry in Toronto, we'd love to meet you. Email us at info at hernameispodcast.com or get in touch through Facebook or Twitter. We can't wait to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by us. Emily Milling and Jenny Tang. Music was written by Emily and this podcast is a product of Can Make Productions. Thanks for listening and don't forget to rate us on iTunes if you enjoyed this episode. The could-haves, the would-haves, the should-haves. We are often our toughest critics, especially when it comes to looking back on past decisions. Don't dwell on it and instead take it as a valuable learning experience. It's hard for me to Sometimes I think about, you know, what would I tell my younger self, but I think as much as there have been difficulties along this path, I'm very happy with everything that's happened and everything I learned has been very valuable. I definitely would go back in time and tell my high school self, like, this is what being a fashion designer is like. It is not this idealized fantasy job you have in your mind. It is definitely not just being a creative person, it is very much business and it's not something that you may enjoy very much. I definitely wouldn't discourage myself from going to school because I think I only got here because of the decisions I made, but I think just having a more realistic expectation of what to get out of the program would have made a really big difference.